little side project that I've been doing under lockdown, uh, but I'm really proud of it. Turned out to be really fun. It's a limited series. We did 10 episodes plus a bonus that was decided for uh, by the listeners. It's called The Good, The Bad, and The Remake. And it was me and two of my friends, and we watched a film that had been remade at some point, and then we watched the remake as well and discussed, you know, what makes a good remake? Was it worth remaking it? Are there films that actually improved on the originals? We talked about all kinds of films like Point Break, Robocop, Ghostbusters. We did The Invasion of Body Snatchers. Uh, we did Christopher Nolan's Insomnia, which is a remake of a Swedish film. So we've looked at both of those. Yeah, great, great. Go and check it out. There's links to it on our Facebook page. It's on iTunes. It's on Anchor. It's on all of the the podcast places. I've I've listened to I've listened to a couple. Yeah. Yep. Ringing endorsement from Alex there, so that's good. Yeah, go 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 check it out. The Good the Band remake. We're really proud of it. Uh, but we need more people to listen to it and share it so that we can do some more next year or later on this year. I know Kung Fu. F-B-I! If the bus blows up, he wins. Whoa, 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 whoa! Excellent! Hello, and welcome to the Arnithology Presents the Keanu Copia. My name is Ben Hyten. And over I'm there, Alex, Alex B, Ali B. That's what I'm going to be known as from now on. Short for bastard. <laughs> that may not be the last time I do an accent in the course yeah. of today's episode. Fair warning, you've been warned. That is my you're, disclaimer. You're in accent mode. We are going through the life and career of Keanu Reeves. We are currently residing in the year 1995 with the film A Walk in the Clouds. Yeah, this is a romantic drama directed by Alfonso Arau. Now, not a name necessarily that you'll be aware of, Alex. No, I recognised on the credits the Zuck brothers. So yeah, of course we've talked but about I, them before. And they did I don't things remember like what they've done. Well, the Zuckers are, are most famous for Naked Gun, Top Secret. Oh yeah, all of those. What the fuck. But they have also produced and directed a number of dramatic movies, and this is something that they produced. Alfonso Arau is best known as an actor. He's been around for a very, very long time. You'll probably know him best, Alex, as El Guapo in The Three Amigos. I barely remember it, but I do. The Three Amigos is overdue for a rewatch, especially after we did The Devil Wears Plaid. Dead men don't wear plaid. Okay. So, yeah, he's he's an actor who's in... He was also Herrera in The Wild Bunch. He's directed films like, like Water for Chocolate just before this one. And he's still acting in his 80s. He played Papa Julio in the uh, Pixar movie Coco. This is a remake of an earlier Italian film called Four Steps in the Clouds, made in 1942. It's a very specific amount of steps to take in the clouds. Yeah, well, not having seen the film, I can't comment, but I imagine those four steps are the four significant acts that happen over the course of this film. But let's, right. let's pick that apart shortly. Okay. This is the story of Paul Sutton, played by Keanu Reeves, who's just come home from the war in the Atlantic to find that the dozens, maybe even hundreds of letters that he wrote his sweetheart, who played his young wife, Alex. Will, from Will and Grace. Deborah Messing, that's right. Yeah. They got married just before he shipped off to war. She has not read a single one of his letters, which is crucial because 
He is laid out in the letters what kind of life he wants when he gets back. So now their lives are out of sync. She wants him to go back to work as a chocolate salesman. He wants to find his purpose in life. She likes chocolates. She wants him to go and sell them. That's it. Listener, make up your own mind. I think if there is a meaning in the chocolates, it's about a simple thing that's sweet. Now, that's as far as I will go Absolutely, with it. Absolutely, that's what it is. That is what it is. Anyway, he, he decides he's going to get on a bus to Sacramento, a train to Sacramento, and then a bus. And he keeps bumping into this beautiful Mexican lady, played by, and I apologize for this pronunciation, Aitana Sanchez Guijon. Yep. Anyway, she's a very, very lovely lady. And um, she reveals to him that she is pregnant. And the father is no longer around, and she is heading it's home. Her professor, her professor from uni. Yeah, so she's dropping out of her live stream to go home to the family vineyard to explain her shame to her yeah. very traditional father. And Keanu, or, uh, she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to do it, does she? She's out of options, though. It's the forties. Yeah. She's preggers. She's on her own. What are you going to do? Forties. Oh, yeah, she's pretty good for forties. No, it's the nineteen forties. Oh, I thought you said she's in her 40s. Well, she is in the 40s. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's a very good synopsis, man. Thanks. Uh, so, it's going well. So Keanu, Paul, agrees that he will partake in a charade with her and go back. Yeah, and he, he comes up with the idea, right? And it's a good, it's a pretty solid setup. It's He's going to go and spend one night in the family mansion as her new husband. Yeah. And then duck out in the morning, leaving a letter. The scumbag that he is. So that the shame won't be on her, it'll be on him. Ostensibly a stranger to the family. But wouldn't you know it, wouldn't you know it, he starts to fall in love with her. With the grandpa, uh, with her. With her. Yeah, so there's a few actors in the family that uh, might be recognisable. Uh, Giancarlo Giannini plays the, the patriarch of the family. He, he played Mathis in two of the Daniel Craig James Bond films and also Inspector Patsy in Hannibal, the movie Hannibal. Right. Uh, he's a very good Italian actor. And uh, in the senior patriarchal role of the family, the grandfather, we have Anthony Quinn, who's obviously an Oscar winner. He's played Zorba the Greek and all sorts. We know him in the Arnithology for Last Action Hero. That's it. That's what I remember him from. So the dad, what's his name again? The actor? Giancarlo Giannini. Alberto, isn't it? And this is character name. Yeah. Real Hitler vibe from that guy. First opening moments. Go on. Didn't you get that? Maybe it's just the moustache and the the parted hair waving around as he screams and shouts. But So given the, the period setting, did you think that was a deliberate, like, this guy runs his family like a dictatorship? 100%. I didn't pick up on that at all, I'll be honest. Yeah, I, I'm sure it's like, his, his rhetoric is is very fascist, let's put it that way. He's, he's certainly a totalitarian, but not, but not immune to love. He is closed off from love, but not immune to it. I think it's a well-worn thing that he feels the responsibility for all of his family. I mean, they have this amazing estate with acres and acres of land. Everything that is provided for them is provided by the vineyards. And the wine that yeah. they make, um, you know, he's a large family, a large house, and so I think it's that very traditional thing of, I provide all of this, you do what the fuck I say. I'm I'm the patriarch in the very traditional sense. Yeah, yeah, and, but he sees it as a kind of a, I am giving you everything that I have. Right? Uh-huh. I'm giving this away. You're here because of me. 
I mean, she. The I said it like when I was watching it in the first opening scene. I was like, "Oh my god, he's a child. He's a child. It's like a spoiled boy." And if everyone doesn't play exactly according to his rules, mm-hmm. he acts like yeah, he literally acts like the world's ending. Like this is the worst thing that could possibly happen. And and it's it's a nuanced performance as well. You can see he's he's angry, but he's acting threatened, and that's that's why it's. He's actually he's acting it very well. It's very I believable. Think. It's a believable, although it's a cliche. It is believable, yeah, isn't it? Definitely a cliche. And there's some actors that would just go full out angry psycho, and he's not. You can tell this is scary to him, so he's angry because of that fear. And that's something that a lot of people don't. I believe. I feel like a lot of people don't understand about anger. In a film like this, the motivations of the characters are the thing. In a film like Johnny Mnemonic, which we previously did, it doesn't matter. It's about something else. And still, you know, that film failed for it, the reasons it failed. But I can hear people I know screaming right now saying, no, it doesn't matter in a film like this either, (laughs) actually. In the same way that it doesn't matter for a cheesy action or sci-fi film. This film, it's all about the structure and the conceit. Every everyone and everything in the film serves to for you know Keanu's and I I Aitana what's her name Yeah, just call her Victoria. Victoria's um, love. There's no question from the first time Keanu Reeves and her bump into each other. I mean, seemingly multiple times on the train until he's on top of her. Yeah, yeah. There's it, no question that this film is going to end with these two. To, no, no, together you're never and in, in doubt. love. So that you're never in doubt, but they try to create that tension. Of that course, yeah. right. So the dramatic tension is: the more that Keanu gets involved with the family's traditions, whether that be at the dinner table or in protecting their crops or harvesting their crops, the harder it is for him to run out in the morning. And the first yeah. couple of nights, it's Grandpa Anthony Quinn, another <laughs> Don Pedro, by the way. We had a Don Pedro yeah. in the form of uh, Denzel, I think, recently, didn't we? Yeah. Don Pedro is the is the wise old guy who doesn't really care much for rules at all. He cares about you feed the soul. There's a, a running motif throughout the film that he puts too much salt on his soup, and he says, "My grandfather lived to a hundred, and." Uh, he shouldn't be eating these chocolates that Keanu brought along. And he says, yeah. what does a doctor... You know, a doctor knows <laughs> my... about what I should put in my body, but he doesn't... What does a doctor know about a man's soul? What does he... Yeah, yeah. about feeding the soul, exactly. So he's... I wouldn't go so far as the empath, but one of my favourite scenes in the whole film is the morning after. The first morning after. Yeah, there's like four morning afters. <laughs> right. But the first time when he's supposed to duck out, leave a letter in the postbox saying... yeah. Sorry, I knocked you up. That's exactly what the letter said, by the way. He's he's heading out of the courtyard, you know, at daybreak with two cases, one with his uniform in and one with his chocolates in. I'm so glad you're saying this is my one of my favourite scenes, yeah. And Don Pedro is there and he stops him. This is not even a question though, like he doesn't like stop him, he doesn't like try and convince him what's going on. He literally just tells one of the servants to take the bag with the clothes back in the house. And he, yeah. and then he says, this is the first point where I really laughed in the film. He says, walk with me. Bring the chocolates. Yeah. <laughs> so they, the chocolates. they go for a yeah. walk around the, the vineyards. And, and, and that's 
that sorry you want to continue but that's very important for something that happens later that's one of my favorite moments in the film that i can find some interest or intrigue in the film because of the chocolates, and I'll tell you why later. I'll tell you yeah. why in a minute. But carry on. He goes walking in the vineyard. Well, that, I mean, no, no, that's that's mostly it. They go for a walk along through the vineyards. It's very beautifully shot because it's dawn, daybreak, and uh, the mist is rising from the the vineyard. So it's a literal walk in the clouds, and they yeah. go up to a plot on slightly higher ground where there is the very first vine that all of their rootstock, yeah, and it goes yeah. it goes back four centuries. And so this this story begins to um, evolve because Keanu is an orphan. He's without roots. He's aimless. Yeah. And that's how he met Victoria. Yeah. And Grandpa, Don Pedro, is saying, you have roots now. You're a part. Family now. You're a part of this proud tradition. Yeah. And he's yeah. not. And he's not saying, yeah. because he believes that they're married, he's not saying that, you know, one day all of this will be yours. He's saying... Yeah. That there are a lot of attempts at theme in this, and one of them is about fate. You are fated to be here. There's a scene where it's the grandma, so it's this this granddad's wife. Uh, she's got five lines max in this. It's basically amount to telling off the granddad for not doing the right healthy things. She's very pleasant looking, you know, and she doesn't, she's not mean, a mean grandma at all. But you can see that she's got her eye on the entire drama. Like she could almost look at the camera and wink at one, one, you know, this character. She's barely in it. But my feeling is that because of one line that she has, that a lot more is going on for her and the grandpa than is shown to us. Like what's shown to us is the lovely, you know, romance between Keanu and Victoria. Mm. It, the one line, though, that's very telling and that makes the grandpa's actions make sense, these seemingly serendipitous, I'm I'm just waiting for Keanu while he's leaving every morning to try and... Because it only takes place over like four days, four or five days. Yeah. She's washing the, the, the puke off of his army jacket and th- this photo of Deborah Messing falls out and, and Keanu legs it and like picks it up and it's like... The grandma saw it. She knows. She's not dumb. But she know. doesn't let she, on. She doesn't let on. But you can, You. she doesn't give a shit. Yeah. She doesn't care. And she says, you can't leave because you have to stay. You're, you're fated to do something. You have to stay. And the way that the whole movie plays out, and maybe there's deleted scenes. Maybe there was a version of script. Or like you said, it's a remake of this. I'd like to know. But it seems as though there was a more supernatural element. A more sort of God, you know, fated element to the way that this plays out. Because it doesn't matter how hard Keanu tries to get away, he can't. It doesn't matter how many times they don't, they, they separate, they bump into each other again. And it's not it's not that so much that Keanu's fated to be with her. It's almost like being with her is the bonus the main story is this place that they call Las, Las Nubes. The, the clouds is what they call the, the vineyard. Mm. It's this seemingly magical place, which is very downplayed in this movie. It looks and I like, amazing. I like that like, about it. It looks beautiful. Yeah, it's good that it's downplayed because isn't that our experience of sort of magical, synchronistic things in our life? It's like, yeah. huh, that's a weird coincidence. Uh, huh. I'm really drawn to this place and nothing happens. Yeah. 
You don't see, usually, most people, don't usually see ghosts or spirits telling them, you must stay here. You're going to save the vineyard. You know, it doesn't happen. It, it's important to play it that way. And, and yet it's so understated. You've got to be really paying attention, I think, to at least figure out that they believe in fate. It doesn't have to be real. Exactly. So a part of me was just thinking, she's kicking the granddad out of bed at five in the morning and saying, you fucking go down there and stop that guy from leaving. They knew the instant he arrived. Dad, she's not married. They're not married. There is a dynamic in this. um, Well, I think granddad doesn't know. Because he... Yeah, grandma knows. He comments on the... I think all the women know. He comments on the... I think all the women know. Yeah. And Okay, so this is another important thing because Don Pedro says, we think they feel... That women are creatures of the heart, and that. Yes, so he says, right. trying to trying to argue with a woman is pointless. It's so old school. I, I it's kind of it's kind of adorable, but so so I did write so many of the values in this are quite offensive, really. Well, they're very very they are very old traditional. They're traditional. Values. They're traditional. And I think yeah. because this is set in a very specific time in a very specific, oh, it's right. specific place. Oh, yeah. it's right for this for the movie. There's yeah. an observance that's quite. Again, understated that the men may do all the talking and show all of the power, but you know that the real power, let's say, the real impetus behind all of that speaking, hundred percent, is done in the bedrooms, is done in the corridors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. these women, like the, just the way the way that um, Alberto's wife or, or Victoria's mum, you've got the seemingly, like I've said, like Hitler type fascist guy, and then. In the evening, when he's been kicked out of his own bedroom, which is so weird, by the way, that they're sleeping in this tiny guest bedroom and like, no, no, you two kids, like, you you fuck on your wedding yeah, night mom, in this room. Mum basically like, says, you need room to manoeuvre. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. It's like, I would not be able to. I just would not be able to. I never got that whole thing of, like, sleep, sleeping in your parents' bed. Did you see Victoria? No, 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 no. But but yeah, she she totally manipulates him, and in the sweetest way as yeah. well. She just she is not when he kicks off at the beginning, she's silent. They let him have his little tantrum, and nobody says anything. Even the granddad's like, "Yeah, welcome to the family." Yeah. He's like, "Oh," and because he knows as powerful as he's trying to be, as in charge, he's trying. He fucking almost shoots them when they arrive at the vineyard, yeah. like. The way that they just kind of ignore his tantrum, it's like a signal saying, this isn't this isn't bad, guys, don't worry. Like, Because they know later on, or the wife wife at least knows, yeah, I'm going to, I'll talk to him later and yeah. sort it out. She controls, everything happens the way that the women want it to happen anyway. He doesn't get his way, this guy. Pretty much. And there's another thing that's brought in with regard to the traditions that's very, very important to this film. And I think, I agree with you, I think the the traditional patriarchal roles that that all of the family have to adhere to in this are are so historic now to a a western audience at least there's another layer to the traditions which is about the tending of the land their life depends on the grapes as simple as that and the first time the film really sparked into life was on their first night together in bed where they've done this masquerade of sharing the same bed because the father came into the room. Keanu was prepared to sleep on the floor in front of the fire. Yeah, they're kind of alone for the first time, aren't they? Yeah. And he doesn't, you know, he does respect her. He does. He doesn't want to take advantage of her at all. They're about to stay in the bed together because the father might yeah. come in again. And then a bell starts ringing. And it's like, what the hell? Is, are we under attack or something? She says, no, the frost. 
So they all run down. The whole yeah. estate run down into the vineyard to light fires and fan heat onto these uh, grapes before the frost sets into yeah. the, the center of the fruit because it will spoil the wine. It would turn the, the, the wine into a dessert wine, essentially. And there's this very protracted sequence. It goes on for a long time. And all of a sudden, there's a, a new kind of luminescence to the film of these beautiful uh, overhead shots and crane shots of people with giant butterfly wings almost and these fires amidst the vineyards Keanu and Victoria do this kind of it's like a mating dance it's like they're, it is. they're genuinely that's how it's done falling in love I mean I was la- I was laughing I was like you don't you don't have to do it that way of course not <laughs> you know but that's the romance in the film that's the romantic part of the film. but there are a number of set pieces then throughout the film that all involve the vineyard the lifeblood of the family yeah um, there's the, the harvesting of the grapes, the crushing of the grapes, and then in the finale, uh, a giant conflagration, which is the, the loss of the grapes. And I think in that stuff, there is something really elemental and, and lovely. And it felt, I felt more like this was an adaptation of a book. So I was quite surprised to see that actually it was an, an adaptation of an earlier film because it felt like through the filmmaking and through the centering of the film around these four vineyard set pieces, that it was trying to express something much deeper, much much more novelistic. And whether it was succeeding yeah. or not, it was doing a, a fine job of it, I thought. Now, the thing about the fate and all of that, so the yeah. Guadalupe, her character, is the, the grandmother. Yeah, yeah. You must see it through your fate, what brought you here. Eventually, the family come around to him, or at least the father comes around to him, because he, he is proven his worth as a man and yeah. he wants them to have a family wedding on the day of the harvest festival yeah and it's at that point where paul and victoria say well we we have to reveal that actually we can't get married because you are already married and so he has to tuck tail run back to deborah messing who not only has she now read all of his letters about the kind of life that he wants and therefore come around to the fact that they had no future not only and then immediately started having an affair as well. Yep. If she wasn't, if she wasn't already. Pretty sure that's not the first guy she slept pretty with. Pretty sure she was already, yeah. In a, a twist of remarkable serendipity, he doesn't even need to get divorced anymore because she has had their marriage annulled. annulled. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is a contrivance. Of course it's a contrivance. Yeah. I think we're still just going over the nice bits of the film. I mean... I still don't know how you feel about okay. it. I haven't really said how I feel about it. We will. We, we're going to get there in a minute because I want. I feel like we're doing justice to what was a noble effort, a good work, and I think it's important that we do that. You and I, we we both don't like you know just hating on something. I've re- I had such problems watching this. I really, I really struggle to watch this. Okay. Well, what I'll say then is at the point that Paul realizes that his marriage is annulled. Yeah. Okay, the final barriers to, to him and Victoria being together have been removed. Yeah. That is the point when he returns to the, the vineyard and the father tries to kill him. Go get my gun! And ends up He's insane. setting... He's insane. He ends up setting all of his I mean, it's... Vineyard the on thing fire. about the father is that he, he goes through this phase of, like... It's quite similar. Uh, it, so you're talking about contrivances. That's why I jumped in with that, because it's like, the whole thing's contrived. A contrivance reveals itself more when it becomes believe when it's believable to you, or you're willing to suspend your disbelief. That those are the 
that's my workaround for a contrivance. So the reason that I'm, I'm bringing up all of these different things that occur throughout the film is y- yeah, I'm glad you are the fate element of the film. Yeah, and all of the family traditions and that they're not things that I care about. They're not things that I believe in. No. But the no. film was doing its job in terms of saying this is what this story's about. This is about what this yeah, character. Absolutely. This is about 100%. what this character 100%. got out of these these sets of circumstances. Yeah, yeah. So I don't have a problem with it. Even down to the annulment, I was like, oh, thank God, it better that better that that some sort of quickie divorce that they're going to get done in twenty four hours. However, at the point that he goes back to the the vineyard, you know, yeah. I'm just ready for my happy ending. I don't need that albeit impressive sequence of all of the vineyard being burnt down. And the reason is, although that might deepen, actually, some of what the the film is saying about this father has to burn down 400 years of tradition to be able to accept this guy into his family, I don't believe that there's still a happy ending after that. But because, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's fine. I know exactly what you mean. We've got one... We've got one plant left. The original plant we can replant. Okay. We'll be fine. Hooray! So it's it's the point at which the film turns into melodrama, as with so many films, that it loses me. However, up to that point, though, I have to say I found this a very, very charming film. If unspectacular, it's not aimed at me. It's aimed at, an, I would say, an older audience, what we would call now the Grey Pound, the best exotic marigold hotel crowd. They would lap right. this film up. But in its depictions of these simple traditions, in its depictions of the grape warming and the harvesting and the stumping, it is joyful. There were moments in the film where I found myself with a huge grin on my face just because I was so apparently happy. I didn't even notice until it had happened. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, no, I got, I got into it. There's moments where I got into it. I was like, no. And I was saying, I was shouting at the screen saying, no, go back. Like the bit when he's serenading her and they all know that they've clearly had an argument and it's it's like they think that they're well, they think that they're saving their marriage, their non marriage. And Keanu's serenading her and she and the, the I don't know, there's some tradition. She if she turns her light on, it means you're alright. And she didn't turn her light on for ages and then he walks away and then the light went on. It's like when he's already halfway across the vineyard. Nah, fuck it. And he carries on going. But Keanu, she she turned the light on. Like you, you could have gone back. Like she was definitely saying, "If you want to stay with me, you can stay with me." And so, it's it's again. I know I understand the the necessity to create tension. It did it as much as I am not fooled by the you know like I know that they're going to end up together. It managed to create that con- that tension for me, even though I, I I like you, I wanted that happy ending. So. Say that the film failed is wrong. It did did its it did its job, if you want. And I think largely because it's not aimed at me, though, that's one of the reasons why it also didn't fail. Like I, there was moments I just I found it annoying. I found like I would never choose to watch this. It's perhaps unfair to be overly critical of the unbelievable machinations of the characters and and their development. In the same way that it might be unfair to a Marvel movie to just go, that's not real. It wouldn't happen like that. In fairness, I'm talking about motivations at the beginning being my main problem. Like I don't, I just don't believe that this guy would do this. I don't believe that this guy would 
get off the bus. This guy would be dragged basically to the vineyard by fate. I don't believe it. I don't, and I kept saying, I don't believe it, I don't. And then I'm, yeah. I get sucked in and then I, I believe it. And, and in a way, that's actually the journey that Paul goes on. He doesn't think that what's happening to him is happening to him. He thinks he's going to go off and sell chocolates and make some well, money. Well, not and- go off and sell chocolates, actually, because that's not what he wants to do. But I think that the, there's something really nice, again, un- unspoken, sort of just there, sitting there, waiting for you to grab it. When they first arrive at the vineyard and they sit down to dinner, both Paul and Victoria are affronted in some way, emotionally, by the father's yeah. behavior. Even though they're engaged in a masquerade. They I they know. defend each and other's that's my that's my point. You you think that that's nice and I, I think that that's horrible. I, but I think that is believable. Not realistic. Believable. <laughs> Hang on. Because yeah, you yeah. do you it's not that he is attacking me, it's not that he's attacking her that's no, upset. His father's me. being really offensive, yeah. It's yeah, exactly. It's the intent with which he's doing it. It's the malice of the place that it's coming from that's affronting me. And actually, god damn it, based on what I do know about her, she's fucking lovely. That stuff happens, man. That definitely happens. And no, that no, right, yeah. actually Fine. actually, if Fine. we want to go back to the overarching thing yeah. of the, the fating of it all, her father's yeah. behaviour definitely accelerates the two of them connecting i agree i agree I, that's that's absolutely true We're especially yeah he confronts them at one point and, and there's like something's fishy here something's going on and and she's like no the only thing you want is the truth according to you and what the way you want it to be and and all i, all I could say is but you are lying like she is lying to them. It's or the whole thing is a lie, and so he's not wrong. As wrong as he is to react hmm. the way he does, to behave the way he does, and he gets his comeuppance. He gets proof. This is what your tantrums result in. You burn down the whole family if you keep going this way. If you don't learn to love, and he breaks down in tears, and he says to his daughter, "Teach, teach me how to love. Teach me how to yeah. love. Teach me how to love." And that's what that's what the film is about. Like. He's the one that needs to learn to love. These two are in love. They just got some obstacles in their way. You know, it's just a it's just a baby and the shame and it's just your ex-wife and the, the chocolates. And don't worry, the granddad's gonna eat all the chocolates, so you don't need to sell them. And there's even a line to that. It's like he had to I've got business to do, and the grandma says, Didn't grandpa eat all yeah. of those? <laughs> eat yeah. your business or whatever. I liked it. It was a really nice subtle line. I laughed at it. It was it was probably my favourite line in the in the whole film. And I think I think this this film's very interesting for all the reasons that we're saying, and I just can't get my head around because it's because I don't believe in fate. So this is how some people feel about sci-fi and action films. The way I'm feeling about this, it's just they just switch off. They just don't buy it. They don't believe it. They don't let themselves get sucked in in, in that way. Well, the only thing that I can say is is kind of a reiteration of what I said before is if you if you feel like the film is trying to teach you about fate and say look this is the way you should look at what everything happens for a reason you know then yeah that's a big that's a big turnoff for me i didn't personally feel that it was doing that so much as it was just a story about people who try and understand the world in that way they they are simple people they are rooted in dirt and and the earth and they're, they're not high philosophical beings so they deal with things in in very simple terms and 
to someone like Paul, who's never had any guidance, never had a, a patriarchal figure, he's never had a family, and he even says to Victoria at one point, as horrible as that scene in there at the dinner table was, that was all I ever wanted. And she says, you want people to control you or, or try and tell you what to do. And he says, it's better than having no one. And so it's believable, again, to me at least, that he would fall in love with this, this grand tradition and this structure of thinking. It doesn't mean that I, I believe any of that stuff either. No, no, no. The, my point is personal. It's that the film did... I'm saying two things. One, the film did very well to get me on board in the moments that it got me on board because I'm just inherently against this kind of thing. And yet it didn't do well enough for me to... Give it a pass. Yeah, that, that's it. I, I, I just can't. I, I'm, it's, a very, it's a very personal thing. And it, it kept winning me over because I, I, underst- I started to understand better as the film went on the motivations of the characters. It did, it did well enough that they weren't just cutouts, cardboard cutouts of each other, of, of the characters that I just like. We learn more about Keanu's orphanness and, you know, we can see how the granddad's line, you are an orphan no longer, fully accepting him into the family. It's like... It's believable in this setting. I think it will be less believable in modern times. Yeah. The way that the family stories play out, it requires somebody to play that role. So in Victoria's position, you know, maybe the, the, the women already know. I don't blame the dad to some degree. It's like, what the hell is going on? You go away to university, you come back and we don't, and you're married. Like, this is insane. They can write letters. They can send telegrams. Surely the telephone existed. Uh, and so the fact that something's up or something's fishy, it's like I'm pretty certain the women put it together straight away. The thing that's really fishy about it is that it would be almost unheard of for this particular person to get married without her father there. Exactly. The film is kind of very, very well, very subtly trying to tell us the father's the only one that doesn't get it. and Or maybe the grandpa doesn't get it. But the women get it. And they're they're waiting for the dads, for the granddad and the dad to sort of get on board and get along. And the granddad's just going to do whatever she says. But I think the granddad's quite happy just the fact that Victoria's got someone. And and he's a good person, regardless of whatever the deceit involved in their situation is. Right. He's a good person. And, the, and at one right. point, she even says to him, you're the like the most decent man or something that she's ever met. Yeah, I've ever met in my life. Yeah, when... when she, that's the thing I can't argue against because that's like arguing against superpowers in a superhero movie. It's like you can't get rid of the superpowers in a superhero movie because it's like Can that's I just, the point. It's did, like did, it's not. Did a, you think this was a superhero movie when you sat down to watch it? This, I was hoping that's, it would be. I was hoping it would be. I was just waiting. Thought for it like was a literal walk in the clouds, like, like Superman. I was like, as soon as, as soon, yeah, as soon as as soon as Pedro came on screen, I was like, he's the Hulk. He's the secret right. Italian Hulk here. Italian? I think I'm starting to see Hulk. why you didn't enjoy this film as much. No, the point is, it's just like in a superhero movie, like you can't get rid of the you can't get rid of the love element. You can't have a romantic film where love does not conquer all, even the burning down of a vineyard. So I have to accept that that's the pre- that's the premise that none of the stuff matters, none of the things that go on, none of the sadnesses, none of the dramas, none of the, they all don't the none of them matter. The only thing that matters is that these two love each other and everyone's so happy because they love each other at the end. It doesn't matter that the vineyard's burnt down because look at Hero Keanu, he legs it up back up to that route that the granddad showed. None of these people 
who have been harvesting wine for, for hundreds of years in the family, none of them thought, but, but wait, is the root, is the original root okay? Can we save it? Keanu remembered. He just runs up and he, <laughs> he yanks the root out like, like he's some kind of Hulk. He's having a Captain America. Well, it's not a tree. Sure. Come on. He, he rips it out the ground. And it's pretty it's it's pretty hard to do that. Have you ever sure, tried to even a small bush? I just out want the to ground? put this into perspective for anyone who's not seen the film. It's not like yeah, he's not yanking the major oak out of the no, Sherwood Forest. But it's a very well established bush, you know? It's like it's it's big. Like the root system's not small that sure. pulls out there. And the thing I was laughing about was like how how does Keanu know that he's not actually destroying it? Oh, like, sure. it might actually be safer. To the, and this is the thing, there's lots of little moments. I don't want to hate on the film. There's lots of little moments where I'm just laughing, going, that's not, oh, that couldn't happen. That that was my main experience of the film, Well, where I was, I was doing that. I think after a certain point, you do have to let that stuff go, because after... You do, to enjoy the movie, and I didn't. In fairness to that moment when he runs through the, the ashes of the vineyard up to the, uh, it's the family, it's family cemetery, I guess. Yeah, it looks like a gravestone, but it's yeah. not. It's on this higher ground. He's running through where where once there were clouds, now there's smoke. Yeah, okay, nice. I, I had an image in my head of like, this is going to be pristine. There's going to be this beautiful green. Uh, so did I, actually. Yeah, you know, yeah. verdant bush set up there. Mm-hmm. And he gets there, mm-hmm, and it it's also burnt. So to yeah. give credit to the family, if they saw that all of the vineyard was burnt for, for miles in that one shot. I mean, it is miles. Yeah, yeah. It stands to reason that this would be too. The point is not that it's burnt. The point is that it's inside. There's life inside. It's still inside. good. There's something that can be saved. And that's the father's story. And that's Keanu's story because right. he was an orphan and he still wants family. That's Victoria's story. She's got something good in her. It's a little baba. And that baba's going to be born soon. Even if, you know, Keanu would, I would love, I would be with somebody, even if it wasn't my baby. Yeah. That's what he says. Yeah, if I loved her. And so this film lands with you. I believe that this film will, based on what you and I are saying, this largely depends on where you're at in your feelings around love or wanting love. And I, I think that that's whether or not the film's going to land with, land with you or not. How how sappy do you think this is? Or how much are you willing to let, let it in as, as you that, were saying? Like drop all that so stuff. So that's the really important thing. In. I don't think for all of the contrivance and all of the simplistic conclusions that are inherent to this genre i don't think this is a a sappy saccharine film there are far worse examples of melodramas than this there are and i think on top of that there is so much good in this in the performances in the cinematography especially emmanuel lubetsky who has the distinction of winning three cinematography oscars in consecutive years for Gravity, Birdman, and The Revenant, and in in some of the writing as well, and, and that goes hand in hand with the the performances. But as we said, you know, although he's a despicable character in a lot of ways, Giancarlo Giannini is doing more here than your typical patriarchal bastard. Anthony Quinn brings so much to this film. I mean, that's a that's a real cliche of a role, and yet. There's real heart there. And the the wonderful, wonderful moment 
at the... I, can't remember if it's, I don't think it's the Harvest Festival. I think it's when they're crushing the grapes. And he's he's taken on Keanu as, like, he really wants to be his spiritual advisor. There's a bit where he says, look at her. Look at how beautiful she is. And you think it's going to cut back to Victoria, and it's not. It's cutting back to his own wife just as she's about to start singing. It's a really, really lovely moment. And there are these moments throughout. Uh, one of the lines that um, the father has when he is confronting Keanu, he says, don't think that just because I speak with an accent, I think with an accent. That's a yeah. surprising line as well, and that really popped out to me. I like that line. Yeah. Really good and line. That, that's, yeah. that's all my point is, really. There are these moments that keep coming up throughout, and there is enough layered stuff in here about the chocolates and the vineyard, what someone expects you to do versus what your heart wants to do. It all comes together just enough, although I do think it oversteps the line into melodrama in the final moments. The one thing I do want to bring up with you, Alex, that I haven't yet is, you know I don't really have a sweet tooth most of the time. And this film really made me want to eat chocolate. <laughs> so you must have really struggled through parts of this film. Yeah, it was, yeah. I, I like sweets, definitely. Um, I will say that it's crunch time for our audience members. You're going to have to either decide for yourself by watching trailers, looking if you want to watch this or not. Because I do think that this film is sappy and saccharine in many, many moments. Uh, so I don't entirely disagree with what Ben just said. Uh, a lot of the points he just made are valid. They're true. And yet they didn't have the same effect on me that they that they had on him. You have to be up for it. You have to want to watch something that is that is easy, that's that's a love film. You've got to know what you're you're getting into. If you do and you like it, you're probably going to enjoy it. It's very, very gentle, isn't it? And and yeah, very gentle. And even if you don't typically like this kind of thing, I argue that you could be swayed, especially if you watch it with a with a partner. If you are e- very easily turned off by anything that even has a whiff of sappiness, you won't. You won't. You're going to get. You actually, you might do what I did, which is still enjoy moments, still not regret watching it, but don't actually buy it. If you, I mean, don't you don't buy into it, which is that's where I was for most of the film. I agree with the melodrama point, especially at the end. Like it goes, it goes way off, and that's why I'm very interested to know whether that was such a crucial moment in the original script or the original film because it's it you're right when you say it's it that is where it's kind of unbelievable like there is this massive disaster i don't know if the film needs it but it really went there and i I was actually impressed that it went there so that waters down any like yeah feeling that like it's sappy it's like nope you're gonna they're gonna burn it down arkian is gonna say well the sequence itself is 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 excellent it's really impressive yeah it really goes there and it keeps ramping up. And I ha- I did find myself saying like, oh, no, no. And then it does tip into a sappy sacred at, at the end because it's like the the final shot is a zoomed out shot of like they, they together. There is amazing, really nice, really beautiful zoom out shot. The whole vineyard's burned and then transitions into it's fine again. Like the last shot of the film is everything's bloomed back exactly yeah. as it was. and. There's something magical about that. We don't see like the hard work work it took to rebuild the vineyard, and that it would have been, in a way, it would have been nicer to have a little bit of an epilogue. But it's not that film. That's the point. It would have ruined the film probably to do that. They, I don't know how else they could end a film like this. And it's that very understated magical quality of the film, which, if it was any more 
heavy-handed with the fatalistic and magical stuff, I think that would have ruined it for you. Am I wrong saying that? You would have... If it actually said, this is literally a magical place, it never Absolutely. dies or whatever. Of course. Yeah. Unless you set that up from the beginning, then, you know, fuck you. Definitely not. That's what I'm saying, is that it doesn't do that. It doesn't say, you must believe this to go along with this. Yeah, But you're right to point out, Kano doesn't just fall in love with her. He falls in love with the vineyard and the Absolutely. grandpa. And, and even even he falls in love with the idea of winning the dad over. Like he used that competition yeah. bit. He's like, it's all, he's sucked in. It isn't just, can you imagine if she's like, no, I'm going back to my place with my parents. And it was just like a small flat, just like the small flat he left with Deborah Messing. And they're all living together in the small flat. I don't know if he would have enjoyed that as much. I think, uh, no, of course not. He was kind of, kind of happy to stay there as an orphan child. Like we're, to- we're talking about a character who he gets off the boat from war. And all his buddies are getting greeted by their ladies, yeah. by the, by their girls. No one's there for Keanu. That's the story of his life, and isn't that's it? That's why I don't like Will and Grace. Yeah, that's that's the conclusion. Fuck you, Deborah Messi. Maybe uh, you know this will put a bit of a downer on things, but I, I think it's probably worth mentioning in the climate that we're in. This film uh, does have some notoriety in the Me Too times because in 2018, Deborah Messing uh, filed a grievance against Alfonso Arau and other members of the production. She felt that they exploited her. Um, they wanted to, to, to sign that she would appear nude for the film. Um, she didn't want to do that. And she got wind that the film was aiming for PG-13, so she couldn't appear nude anyway in the sequence at the beginning. And then they said, yeah, but in foreign markets, it's not the same. Um, so there's some, some litigation, I believe, still unfolding around what exactly took place between... This was her first film and, and the other... The I'm just mentioning it. I'm not commenting on it. Are there any bits that you like want to point out? Any nice, funny bits that came out to you that you, you like? For me, I mean, almost everything involving Anthony Quinn, um, I loved. Yeah, it's adorable. Um, the actual stomping of the grape sequence was one of those moments where I found myself spontaneously smiling. And oh, the nice. follow-up when... Paul and Anthony Quinn start drinking brandy at like 10 in the morning and seem to be drinking it all day. And uh, uh, But he is teaching, he with his little mariachi band are teaching Paul this so song. And Kya- he just has them walking around with yeah. him, like playing well, for him. Like his court jesters. And, uh, and so he, he gets he gets Keanu to, to sing it while they're drinking. And then he just stops. He's like, we can let them do the rest. And Keanu starts laughing. And I was just, it's its inconsequential. It was really, a, no, nothing really to do with anything other than setting up that bedroom window light sequence. But it was just so joyful. And that was the film doing what it does at its best for me. I think what it was for me was I was, I went in with very low expectations. I was expecting, you know, we've had a couple of films like Little Buddha and that that were a bit of a slog to get through from this period of, of Keanu's career. And I expected this to be much more sappy based on the poster art. So that there were these these actual artistic yeah. touches really took me by surprise and, and pleased me. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you on that. I was certainly surprised by the film. When Keanu leaves after that um, mariachi band serenading sequence and the light at the window bit, he goes back to Deborah Messi. But the fu- the line that got me was quite funny. He he charges in. He's not angry. He's sort of, oh, all right, fine, I get it. He's a bit, a he's angry, pissed off, yeah. obviously. 
And the guy, whoever he is, gets up. I think he knows him. He's like, really? Travis or whatever his name is. I don't know what his name is. The guy says, he's putting his, he's covering himself up with his clothes, whatever, trying to put them on. He's like, and he stops like mid getting dressed and goes, you don't have a gun, do you? Like, like, because if you do, I'm not even bothering getting dressed. I'm really, I'm legging it. I like, I laughed quite hard at that. I think it was a real switch from a lot of what I'd seen. Deborah Messing's character in this is just, it's just awful. Like, isn't she? She's just so awful. Like, that's, that makes it believable that Keanu just doesn't want to be with her. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, if anything, she's the most offensive component of the film, really. She is. She really is. Like, her, that character. Yeah. That character, not, not Deborah Messing. She's fine. She does, she does just fine. Keanu, before we move into Staples. Yeah. What about his performance? I think he's good, man. Like, okay, so what I was thinking about half an hour into this film was this is the Keanu that we saw in Tune In Tomorrow. Very similar. You're right. Yeah. He really, in my eyes anyway, really suits that period wardrobe. All he has to do is wear a jacket and a hat yeah, and not do too much. And he looks, he absolutely looks the part. He looks the part of a soldier coming back from war, I think. If we're going to Keanu-verse it a little bit, one of the thoughts I had is that in the world of Tune In Tomorrow, yeah. before, I can't remember his name, Carmichael or something, before Peter yeah. Falk arrives in that yeah. town, this is basically what one of those radio plays would have been like before it turned into crazy, racist m- melodrama. Yeah. Like, this was, a, this was a radio play that they would have put on, you know, a very standard... You're right, you're right. I think this is a nice kind of sister piece to Tune In Tomorrow. It, it, it fits in that same sort of Although that's a much more experimental film, that's a more intricate film. Uh, I'd argue a more enjoyable film. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. They 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 sit together quite comfortably for me, and I think Keanu is yeah. good in this film, uh, except for one scene, which is really unfortunate because it's the crucial scene, and it's when he confronts Giancarlo Giannini with, "Why can't you just love her? She's so easy to love." And the yeah. nice lines and a. Just didn't feel like he quite got there with with the emotions for that scene. Yeah, he didn't. You're right. Unfortunately, you're right. I'm taking it you didn't really rate his performance in this. I don't know whether it's his fault or not. I can't say whether that's got anything to do with Keanu's acting chops or not. I don't think it does. I think this is what Keanu gets criticised for. And I just, I don't think it's his fault. I just think it's his face <laughs> and it's his manner you're saying it's on a par with that. It's only on a par with that in terms of like setting and the size of his role. But I don't think Keanu was doing any better in this than he's doing in Dangerous Liaisons. I, I feel like he's looking pretty. I don't feel like he's got a lot of... He, he can show a lot of range in this. He he certainly wasn't. I think he was doing his best and I think he did quite well. I believe him. The innocent part of him, I believe... The orphan bit, I believe, the 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 sort of naive love is just love, and it doesn't matter. And family family comes first. This kind of whole idea that that he's got, I can believe that this character throws away sort of uh, practical considerations. We're not just this. I know that this is going to be great, and I'm going to be happy here, and I'm going to love you, and this is a great place for me to be. It's like I'd like to see the sequel of this where he's like pissed off that, that you know the grandfather's an alcoholic and the father still has a fucking temper even though he didn't learn because the vineyard burnt down. It didn't. It's not all happy endings. There's that aspect to it which is like Keanu for me was actually the the least multi-dimensional character in this. 
unfortunately. Well, I think as written, I think that's absolutely fair because this is a very classic Hollywood kind of homage. And so he is playing the the Jimmy Stewart kind of just decent man that the film is sent around. He doesn't, he's not supposed to have a lot of character. He's just supposed to be there to that's say, the point. is there yeah. something I can do? And, that's the and all I'm here to do is love her. Yeah. I don't think it's a criticism of Keanu specifically to say there's no range here because the part no, doesn't demand no. it. And no, that's not what I'm. Yeah, so, that's not what I'm saying. No, no, I know. But yeah, okay. What I'm saying is actually the reason that I like Keanu in this is because this is the kind of part that he should have played. Maybe not more often, but yeah. he's good in these parts of role, these kinds of roles, because so much of what he has to do is so little. And that's yeah. damning with faint praise, but it is, there's, yeah. there's a there's a part for that, and there are much more talented actors who would not have done as well in this film. I think. I think it's unfair. Like I keep saying it, but I do, I think there's something about his face. <laughs> you know, there's something about this is why I think we say there are certain films that we go. That's the ornithology brand. That's just because we like those films. It's like the ornithology brand is following an actor's career, re- strictly speaking, and. But the theme that we've got going on is Arnie was criticised for being a bad actor and we found good acting performances from him. Tom Cruise is criticised for being an actor. Massively, a bad actor, sorry. Massively unfairly, though, because there's like amazing performances from Tom Cruise. Um, you might still dislike him as an actor. I can I can still see that some people just might not like him on screen, but you can't say he's a bad actor. And I think we're coming to the same conclusion with Keanu. He's He's not. It's not opposite to what you're saying in any way. It's not intended to be. But in films like this, you're saying he should do more films like this, but in films like this, I feel like he can't win because he's Keanu. I I just think that there's something about him that means that he could do very well, his very best, and there's just something about his face, (laughs) which is ultimately a casting choice. And he doesn't have the range to take on a character the same way that Gary Oldman can, for example. Of course not. Of like, course you can't, not. And we're not, I'm not comparing him to him. I'm just saying, as long as you don't put him in a role where that's required, Keanu's going to do fine. Exactly. And he does do fine in, in this. I do I do think there are, there certainly were at this time, a lot of people with the knives out for him, just waiting for him to fuck up. Because they saw him and, and just saw... Well, he's just pretty. He doesn't deserve these that's, roles. That's he doesn't it. deserve these millions of dollars. Yeah, you, that's the extra. That's the extra bit of why people had it out for him. Yeah, I think you know if we're going to look at people said the same thing about Brad Pitt, and they were probably right for a little while. It definitely opened doors for both of them. But if we look at the the body of work so far, this actually has a lot more in common with the films that he did prior to Point Break, the films like The Night Before and. The Prince, yeah. not the Prince of Pennsylvania, um, permanent record, yeah. and, and tune in tomorrow. Yeah. And for someone with such a a modern eighties, nineties vibe around him as a person, he should stick out a lot more in a period setting like this. And I don't think he does. I think he looks just that's fine. That's a very fair point to say. That's a that's a very f- fair point to say. Actually, you did say it again, and you made the point on. Um tune tomorrow like he looked like he's from an older era when we put him in there yeah rolling back to those earlier teenage movies where you know he could get away with being awkward he could be the broody stoner hunk bro and have that awkward physicality in that he has come a long way now of course he's not he's never gonna trouble the oscars i wouldn't have thought but 
you can see in in the ten years that we've been following yeah, him yeah. that he has developed as an actor. And I don't, yeah. I don't think this is in any way a bad performance. I I agree. I think it's unfair to say it's bad. I think we've kind of, in a roundabout way, put our finger on what's not amazing about it. Yeah. It's a side note that occurs to me because we keep talking about it. We talk about it with many actors. That argument, that point that people make sometimes of like, they're just pretty, but they've got nothing else. The only reason why is because of how they look. It's like, I accept that there may be some cases where that's the truth. Definitely there's this case where that's, that's the truth. But even if it is, when somebody says that, I get this feeling, I wonder if you do too, I just can't help but think, whether it's true or not, that they just come off sounding jealous. So it's like, why say it? I would say if you're going to say that about the Keanu's, the Brad Pitt's, the Charlize Thrones of the world, I would say throw at them Rudolph Valentino, Errol Flynn, Veronica Lake. You know, history is built on people want to look at beautiful things. That includes beautiful yeah. people. Helen of Troy. Right. <laughs> Helen of Troy. Yeah, fucking yeah. Cleopatra. You know, keeps going. Whatever you Cleopatra. want. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's, it's, it's not the, a radical you know, thought. I think at this point in our culture, we're struggling with, well, why does someone have to be beautiful to lead a film? That's a different fair argument. Right. That's, that's a fair That's a fair. Of course point. it is. Of course. And what, yeah. and, and what are these paradigms of beauty that we must adhere to? Fine, fine. Agree with yeah. all of that, on board with all of it. But yeah. to say that, an actor such as Keanu only has his looks is unfair. Yeah, Although, unfair. you know, there's still an argument to be made there in the early days. <laughs> but he has soul. He does have a lot of soul. And, and all the directors that have worked with him that like him say there is something in his eyes. And it's not just because he's pretty. There is a depth yeah. there that yeah. he doesn't need to convey. His face does it for him. That's why we cast actors that's why we cast movie stars it, it, it is it is he he has a he has the, an x factor right? right he has a exactly yeah let's All take right, a little so trip point made staples let's take staples. a little trip to stapleton first off no woes it would be anachronistic i think to have i do think that he secretly went when he saw the fire go off he went Whoa. yeah just oh, definitely. now i want to i don't know how many films we've done at this point it must be like 20 films I have to bring up something, and I take responsibility for this, but I think we have to share a little responsibility on this, Alex. All right. From the beginning, we have been talking about the broody stoner hunk bro. We have been, yeah. Really? What we should have been talking about. Unless we are saying that Keanu really wants to settle down and have babies, is he's a brooding stoner hunk bro. We've been saying broody like he just really wants to... That's have funny. Kids. I I had not even clocked that until just me now. neither. Does someone else point that out nope. to you? How did it, you? It, it occurred just... to me last night when I was going through the staples in my head. I'm changing it now on my yeah. list. It's brooding. brooding. Stoner. I do broody. Is sounds nicer, but but let's do let's change the staple now to broody slash brooding. Let's find out. Okay, if is in he his broody roles, or brooding, he want... <laughs> does he want to have babies? Well, and in this one. He's... Definitely. He's, he's slightly broody, yeah. 100%. What do you mean slightly? Okay. It's his dream. So That's all he wants. Kids and a dog and a and a great job. Not just a job. If I may, then. He is broody. Tick. Yeah. He's a hunk. Tick. Yeah. He's broing out with granddad. So he's a bro. There's, tick. There's some 40s style broing out, for sure. But I'll he's not that. a stoner. He's more of a pisshead in this one. I think we're going to have to add in another. If we've got a broody, we've got we've got broody brooding, we've got stoner 
Pisshead. Alky? Like Lush? P- Pisshead. Does that make sense to other audiences? What a great staple. Broody slash brooding, stoner slash pisshead, hunk bro. Super succinct. Just trying one. to cover as much ground as possible. Yeah. Luscious hair. Not really. It's okay. Yeah, it's Not fine. It, you know, it's that classic 40s GI cut, isn't it? I imagine you've probably got some inappropriate reaction shots on this one, have you? Yeah, I mean, just loads, loads of them. Just like it cuts back to him. He, it, you, I just, you don't see the emotion really in his face. Yeah, I think the the scene amongst the vats. You know, why can't you just love her? So she, she's so easy to love. That scene, and also after the fire, there's a couple of bits where everyone's like really covered in dirt and really they've yeah. been sweating and crying all night yeah, long. Yeah. And he's just there looking, you know, beautiful with it. A little smudge, a little smudge a little on smudge him. Of, yeah, yeah. I thought I found that really funny. That the the, the the end. I was just laughing at the end. And also, poor Pedro. Like, I really, I'm sorry. I know I keep mentioning him. We don't we don't talk about him enough. But I like that character. It's like, and then when he got burnt at the end, I was like, that's why he was introduced. Like, I couldn't work out the point of this character. So this is the yeah, the younger brother. The younger brother comes back from uni. His dad's scared. He's like, hi, I'm Pete. Yeah. Two reasons for that character to be in it. To show his dad's still volatile. He hasn't come around. He screams at him for calling himself Pete and not Pedro, Alfonso, whatever, whatever. And the other reason is so that he can get burnt and we can go, oh no. Oh, oh no. Well, Pedro. I think there's also, there is a little something in there about he feels that he has to water down his heritage to fit in in, the, in an American society. There's a comment there. I liked that he went all yank. And that, you know? that makes him an ally to to Paul in some ways because he's caught between two worlds so you know it's not a particularly well developed role the the actor is Freddie Rodriguez by the way who's who's been in things like um, Planet Terror the Robert Rodriguez thing uh, interesting that he's Puerto Rican playing a Mexican and we've got an Italian playing yeah. a Mexican even though the film was directed yeah. by a Mexican Keanu is not playing a John or a Jack therefore this does not fit in the John Jack canon alright okay guilted son I think yes a thousand percent yes like, of course he's guilting some. He's guilting some when they're fucking doing the flying fire moth things, you know? He's guilting. He's, t- he's taking a peek. The cameraman's certainly taking a yeah, peek. Yeah, really, there. really gratuitous like, little It's like there's breast a, there's a shot. Real, really, like, and the, and it's like the cameraman's like, oh, yeah, oh, I'm following the wings. And he just, like, stops on the boots. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, but after the grape stomping, when they were about to kiss in the midst of this grape stomping dance. And they get pulled yeah. apart to carry on the dance. They just run into one of the back rooms and start pashing out on one another. Yeah. Um, now, I got, <laughs> uh, there's two points that I want to make here. When it when that scene happened, I was like, oh, God, thank you, finally. Like, this is a film that I think you can say it earned that first kiss, for sure. A hundred percent it earned it, yeah. Then it reveled in it a little too much. Like, there was slow motion wet snogging going on for a long time there we used to have a staple on this uh for for tom cruise that was ugly kissing though called gross kissing yeah Yeah. and and i i think this would have definitely gone in there it was kind of it just went on too long but then you see the reason that it fits into guilting some is i mean he pulls away because he is about to go all yeah. in, baby. Woo! Yeah. He is she going. just crawls into fetal position. She's sad. But I wrote at that moment, I wrote, ah, oh, he's the perfect man. Yeah. He, he just shiver- He doesn't take advantage of her. Even though she really wanted him to. Yeah. She was all right with it. Yeah. But she, there's just that extra layer of like, I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to do this because I want to do it right. 
it's not the it's going to make her love him more yeah. although it's in reality make... i think at that point she would have gone what the fuck i'm yeah. giving you all the signals you have to do something about yeah, this a lot of women i know <laughs> would be very angry at that but yeah i also think that a lot of women i know whilst they might be angry at that moment they would also understand and it would if they've got those values if they've got the same values as victoria has here it's it's totally right what he what Keanu does but it's like the thing that's disappointing or upsetting to me is why doesn't Keanu make it much more explicit that I'm gonna go back and break up with my wife okay so this is happening but just give me a couple days I'll be back I'm not sure that's what he was going back for initially I, I think he was going back to take her up on her offer of like yeah I'll be the chocolate salesman I've got my wife here more staples there's no guitar in this. No, no guitar. Spi- From Keanu, there is guitar. Well, there's the mariachi guys. Yeah, he doesn't play guitar though. Um, spirituality wise, I think we've you know we've covered it. It's, it's it exists. There's lots it's of, in the movie. Yeah, there's lots of philosophy in this. Okay, nombres. Yep, los nombres. It's good. Some good Spanish. It's your nombres. El budget. <laughs> El budget. Trenta percenta. Uh, <laughs> Twenty million dollars. Yes, it's all right. Salary, rumored. I can't get this one hundred percent confirmed. But his yeah. asking price at this time. This is the first film he shot after Speed had come out, right? So Johnny right. Johnny Mnemonic okay. he'd already done for two million. Speed comes out, huge hit. This film, seven million for Calvin. Yeah, he's getting up to the ten million club, isn't he? That's a big chunk of the f- budget. It is. Yeah, but that's over a third. But here's the thing: over a third of the budget for one actor. Here's the thing: there's no way this film would have been seen, given the type of film it is, and the majority of the cast being I agree Latin or Italian. Yeah, yeah. With Chani's the thing without him yeah. in the lead role, and the domestic gross, not even the worldwide gross, the domestic gross in America alone, fifty million dollars. So that seven million on Keanu was well spent. Because this film did more than double its budget. 50 million, more than double. In America yeah. alone. So we can't get a worldwide gross on it. It's a good investment. I wish I invested in A Walk in the Clouds. Make double my money back. This has two significant award nominations. MTV Movie Awards Best Kiss nominee for really? Keanu Reeves. For, and for the gross kissing scene that we just said. Yeah. Right, okay. okay. And perhaps unsurprisingly at this point, a Razzie nomination for Worst Actor for Keanu Reeves. <laughs> really? Which, uh, it's, come on, even, it, that's undeserved, isn't it? That's not fair on this one. Johnny Mnemonic, fine. Walk in the Clouds, yeah. no. I don't know, man, I just... Okay. Uh, this has a Rotten Tomato score of 44%, which I was surprised at how low that was, and it currently yeah. sits on IMDb at 6.7. It's your numbers. Them's be your numbers. Alex, what's yours? I'm ranking it at two and a half stars. Having said that, as normal, last there's, night... There's, there's an algorithm in here. Yeah, there is. Well, not really. Last night, it was at one star. Straight away, really? one star. That was my gut reaction, one star. During this conversation, I was like, ah, if I look at what else I've given one star, I can't give this one star. So it gets two and a half from me. Which is half more than Johnny Mnemonic. That one star was a one star of quality or a one star of enjoyment. I will never watch this film again. I don't hate it, though. Yeah, it's a postcard. 
I feel as much for this film as I do for a postcard. Oh, that's really beautiful. Really nice picture. And then I put it down and I never think about it ever again. I I struggled to even make the points I've made today. I don't feel very much about this film. It doesn't deserve horrible, terrible criticism. It is what it is. It has its place, but it doesn't deserve one star. It's it's a one star. Yeah, it's a one star for enjoyment, but I didn't enjoy it. I, I had enjoyable moments, if that makes sense. That's why it's so difficult to express. Am I making sense? Yeah, kind of. In 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 your own way, Alex. In the way that you yeah. make sense. One star seems so low based on what you said. Having expressed all my feelings, I'm like, this is unfair. One star is unfair. It was a gut reaction. It was a knee jerk reaction to my dislike of this kind of film, yeah. which yeah. is which is unfair. What about you? I mean, all the stuff that you said is really what I expected to be saying coming out of this. Of like, ugh, really, ugh. Mm. you know. And I didn't. I, I uh, yeah. it, it's not a film for me. I will probably forget that it even exists. To be honest, I do see the market for this though, and I do think it's look. It made me smile without me even wanting. To be fair, when I started the film, I was thinking I'm going to second screen this one, and it got me straight away. Yeah. I've looked at some of the other films that I've given this rating to, and I've gone back and forth on it, but I'm giving it three and a half. I think this is a a really solid film. It's very gentle. It's not going to change your life at all. But there's a lot of really nice stuff in this film. And if you want a really nice film, A Walk in the Clouds is it, I think. If you don't, fucking stay away from it because there's nothing here for you. It's aggressively nice. (laughs) Aggressively nice. That's a very good quote. It'll be interesting to see the conversation that we have about Keanu next week because he's returning to two things that you do like. Yep. Action. Yeah. Sci-fi. And if I may... A little bit of sci-fi. If I may, a third, Morgan Freeman. I do like Morgan Freeman. Yeah, I mean, Morgan Freeman's already a legend at this stage. Multiple Oscar nominee. Yeah. 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 So to do something like Chain Reactions, probably just a payday for him. Do you remember watching this film? Have you seen it before? I do. Uh, the thing that excited me about Chain Reaction was the director, Andrew Davis, because he had done The Fugitive and uh, Under Siege, two action films that I really liked. And the trailer had this money shot of Keanu yeah. driving away from a massive explosion. Yeah. I was like, I'm in, buddy. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I saw it on video in about 1997, I think. I remember watching it probably around the same time, if not a couple of years later. Don't remember anything at all about it. So I'm looking forward to revisiting it and seeing if I... I don't remember thinking that was amazing. That, that's what I'll say. I think neither of us will come yeah. away saying it's amazing. But yeah. let's find okay. out. Let's find it's out. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So join us for Chain Reaction next time. And until next time, please be excellent to each other. Yeah.